Amen. I know that a lot of folks travel for Christmas, and uh, I don't think I would want to travel. After we traveled for Thanksgiving that one year, I don't think I would ever want to travel again in a holiday ever again in my life. If uh, it weren't for the fact that we hadn't been at church for nearly every, like four times in a, a day in that week, uh, I don't know. Uh, it was only the Lord that kept us uh, safe and out of jail. I'll just leave that alone. But <laughs> um, Anyway, keep those in your prayer that are traveling back home. I know Terrence and Melissa will be traveling back from California tomorrow um, with Malachi on the plane. And uh, sometimes that can be an interesting time, but uh, pray for them, traveling mercies and graces. And I know that she's, uh, they have enjoyed so much time with their family, a uh, long-awaited time that they got to see their grandchild for the first time. So I can't imagine the joy uh, that they felt, and now I can't imagine the sadness that they feel as they will be departing. But uh, Melissa, if you're watching, I do expect some tamales when you come home, so I'm just going to throw that out there. Uh, tonight I want to minister out of a subject that I've ministered a thousand times. I'm going to minister a thousand more. Uh, we'll preach it until we die. And I think it's so important for us to get this. And it's a reminder. It's an encouragement. It's uh, uh, maybe a, a pointing out for someone who may hear this that has never heard this. Uh, I want you to get this within you. And I want you to preach tonight not the what, but who. Not the what, but who. When you come to the realization it's not about what, it's about who, then everything in your life changes. Everything in your life changes. I'm not going to say you can love the Lord, but it's not about what. When you come to the realization it's about who, everything in your life changes. Why you do what you do and how you do the things and all. The, yeah, sure, aggravations and frustrations still come your way. Yeah, life's going to keep going. Yes, you'll, you'll, you'll mess up or whatever. But it's not about what, it's about who. So in Romans chapter 7, we should know this. You've been, uh, I, I can't preach it any other way, but I want to tell you it's the word and the word's enough. And I want to read 7.15 through 25, uh, but to keep it in context, I, wanna, I want us to get this tonight. This is penned by the Apostle Paul, a believer, nonetheless one who was struggling in their relationship with the Lord. Can I get an Amen. We've all been there. We've all had those trials and those troubles come our way and we get mad at ourselves because we have all been, or I'm not going to speak for you, I have always been a moron. And I'm like, man, why did I do this or whatever? So here we go. This is the, this is the story. What we're getting ready to read is the story of many untold uh, thousands or millions of believers Believers, okay? Believers. Romans seven fifteen through 25, beginning 15. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If, the, if then I do that which I would not, I consent unto law that it is good. Now then, it is no more... I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. Uh, key verse, if you want to underline or highlight or asterisk or however you may do it. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwells no good thing. A, a key component in the believer's life, that in myself, in my flesh, dwells no good thing. For 
to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would I do not, but the evil which I would not that I do. Now if I do that I would not, it's no more I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. Another key component in our lives. We all need this. We all have had this or you will. O wretched man that I am, who, who, not what, but who shall deliver me from this body, uh, from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. We've been caught up in what for so long? Where do I fit in? What can I do? How can I contribute? Uh, what do you need done? What, 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 what? When it's about who? Those things come. Listen, there's nothing wrong with those things. We do those things. But it's not about those things. It's not about the good things. So it's the, the who and not what. So I want to tell you again, remind you that Paul penned these words, an apostle of Jesus Christ, who was not only used, but he was also inspired by the Holy Spirit to, to go, to move, to, and he was directed, but yet he struggled. You're not the first person who has ever been frustrated in your relationship with the Lord. You're not the first person who's ever been frustrated in your relationship. And I want to tell you, it's again not about what, but it's about who. If you're watching and you find yourself frustrated, you can't figure out why you keep doing the things that you don't want to do. Tonight, you're going to get the answer. But if you don't turn to who and you keep turning to what, you're going to keep being frustrated and doing the things that you don't want to do. I used to get so stinking mad I couldn't see straight and I wouldn't hear and I wouldn't know what, it, what even happened. I didn't know what I said, didn't know nothing. I was told if you count backwards from 10, you'd get mad. And I got mad because it took too long to count backwards from 10. <laughs> I'm just saying. Or you were, you, were, you were captivated by some things or indulged or intrigued or enticed by some things that, that maybe you shouldn't have been enticed by, so you just didn't watch this. And, and my, our friend Keith Babin said he'd put a, he would put a box or a cover over the TV. And I don't care what you do. It's a point in time where you're going to move and you're going to see something. And you go, oh. I mean, are you going to go to the beach and you're going to be like this and... <laughs> no it's not about what you're doing it's about who is in you it's about what Christ has already done so listen believers I'm not talking I'm not saying you're, you're, uh, you're on your way to hell in a handbasket I'm saying that you love the Lord but you're frustrated <laughs> I lived this life for most of my life but when I came to the realization that it is about who and not what? It's like I got saved all over again. And I've been getting saved all over again and again and again and again. Why? I preached about not long ago because he's just that good. That's how he works. That's how good he is. 
So what we again read is, is a story of many believers. And Paul the Apostle, he wrote this, he penned this. For that which I do, I allow not. I don't want to do it. I don't want to fail. I'm trying. But I keep failing. And not only am I failing, I hate failing, but I can't seem to stop failing. I can't seem to stop doing whatever it may be. We want to label those things as something crazy. I don't know what it is. I, I live my life, a lot of my life there. But Paul was saying, I, 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 I may be failing in the eyes of the Lord, but I don't want to. This is not my cry. This is not my life. And, and when I went through all of these things and, the, and who Christ is in the Bible, in Romans, this has come to me so clearly. And I, I pulled from a lot of sources, but the Romans one came from my heart. The Christ Jesus is the who of Paul's cry. Because he came to the realization that I have tried it all. Remember, mind you, he was a scholar of the law. He was a scholar. He knew it better than anybody else. And he could teach you a thing or two, but he understood what I am doing is failing. And I come to the place, he knew that in him dwelled, verse 18, dwelled no good thing. But verse 24, he came to the realization that I am not, oh, nothing, nothing in me is good, but I am in fact wretched, and he wanted to know who will deliver me from this body of death. He didn't say what. What law shall I keep? What, what shall I do? What feast shall I take part in? What shall... Who? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. It's about his finished work. It's either finished or it's not. Period. Well, I got... No, you don't. You ain't got to do nothing. His work is Done. It's finished. I want to be very clear. Grace does abound because of the cross. But grace is not a license to justify a lifestyle contrary to the word. No true believer wants to sin. No true believer wants to live in sin. No true believer wants to keep failing. No true believer wants to get, keep getting uh, tripped up by the same stumbling block. No true believer does. But the church has in fact pointed and made and laid out so much so that if you fail, you're a failure. Failure is not a fa Failing is not failure. The failure to keep going is failure. But we got to understand what keeps hindering me. Hello? I, it's, I don't look like I ran. I used to run a long time ago when I was uh, Sawyer's age. But the thing that I found that hindered me in a race was if I would, this is a, a genius idea, if I drank a soft drink before I ran, I would start hurting at about two and a half miles. <laughs> and I, I came to the realization, gee, dummy, don't be drinking sun drops. If you're not from the south, sun drops a southern drink. Don't be drinking sun drops before you run. <laughs> da da and I know that may make what in the world's that got to do with anything. It's something that hindered the race. 
We know what may hinder us, but yet we think we can handle it. I don't think so. The devil never has to come up with anything new because we keep failing for the, falling for the same things. We do. It's kind of like when your kids are little, you know, you know where you can go to scare them. Sawyer's the easiest person in the world to scare. I know that if I, if I just stand beside the door when he's coming in, I say, ooh, he's like, <laughs> never fails. It's every single time. But this is how the enemy works. He don't, I don't have to do anything new because they keep going to the what and they hadn't realized who they have. They don't realize in, who they, who, in whom they believe. So I don't have to do anything new because they keep going to what? What must I do? Grace flows freely when we place our faith in the finished work of Christ at Calvary's cross. But it's when we place our faith in the good things, the good stuff. The singing, the playing, the dancing, the tambourine playing. Oh, Lord, we ain't got nobody who plays the tambourine, but if you can play it on beat, you're allowed to. But most tambourine players never can play on beat, and I'm just going, that's my soapbox, and I'm going to stop right there. Uh, but anyway, we get caught up in what we do. I'm, I'm the greeter. I'm the, I'm the handshaker. I'm the camera person. I'm the, I'm the sound guy. I'm the whatever it may be. I'm getting caught up in the what. Hello, somebody. Listen, I, I led worship for 12 years. I'm not, going, I'm not, I'm not throwing any rocks at y'all, okay? But, but sometimes the most ordinary moments in church happens here. Because we get caught up in our realm. Our, this is us. Key point, I, I had a song that I led. This was when I was young. I led this song. Man, I could, I could sing the house down. This other dude starts singing my, my song. I'm like, <laughs> I'm about to elbow drop you, man. You can't. This is my song. I got caught up in what I did instead of who I was doing it for. And that's just immaturity, and it came, and it went, and I grew. But I, and it's not just here. It's everywhere. We get caught up in us, what we are doing for the Lord. Our identity becomes in what we do and in not whose we are. Are, are y'all we on the same page tonight? Because listen, I have found that everybody is replaceable, including me. Jason, you mess up, we're gonna give you the old boot of right hand, right foot fellowship, and we'll get another preacher in here, and they'll come preach. Jim's on the camera. I'm sorry, Jim, I won't, I won't do that. That's my daughter running the camera. She's doing a fantastic job for a 10-year-old. If I were 10 and running the camera, you would see my face, and God knows what else you would have seen. But we get caught up in what we're doing for the Lord. So, again, no believer, and, I, and I'm not going to stay here, but we don't want to fail or we don't want to associate with bad stuff, so we get caught up in the good things. I'm talking about church folk, right? We get caught up in the good things. I go to Easter service, I go to Christmas service. I was here for the candlelight service and I didn't spill no wax on the seats. Like Beth did. No, Beth didn't do it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, just that's a little. But it's when we place our faith in the good things, the good works, a good pastor, a good church, anything other than the finished work of Christ, that we frustrate the grace of God. What do you mean? Galatians 2 and 21. Paul writing, it says, I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if, if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in 
vain. What do you mean law? How is this law when you're doing good stuff? We turn anything into it. Anything. Church attendance. Whatever. Sunday school attendance. Whatever it may be, we turn it into a law because we mark it off of our, our check boxes. Listen, I, I, didn't, I came tonight to encourage you. This is the last Sunday of, 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 of 2020, and I came to encourage you and, and to let you know that there's more to the house than the foyer. James and Sadie, you, you, re, you recently bought a house, and I would dare say that you spent all your time at the front door, right? Hmm. Surely you've been in every room and the closet and under the house. And in fact, for crying out loud, James is the only man I know that has got him a six-pointer in his fence. <laughs> Who needs to go hunting when they come to you, right? <laughs> but, but why would you go through your house? Why? I mean, because you want to know what you purchased, right? I mean, you want to see this thing. If you had a good realtor, I'm sure you did. Took you all through it. He probably went under it and got his dirt, knees dirty and everything else. But a lot of believers only live in the foyer. They never go into the depth of the house because they don't care. They look at salvation as just fire insurance. It's so much more than fire insurance. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about keeping you out of hell. Yeah, we believe in heaven and hell here. And it's not a cuss word. It's a place. But when you understand that I'm living in Christ and he is alive in me, that I no longer desire him just to keep me out of hell, but I desire all that he has, and I want to know him more and more and more. And you find yourself in this life that Paul found himself frustrated doing what he didn't want to do, but he came to the realization because he asked the question, who shall deliver me from this body? Of death. So salvation is the greatest miracle of all. And there are many folks that get wrapped up in chasing that next great fad or the next thing or the next whatever it may be. I'm a part of a committee called the M4 Movement or Processor. I don't even, I should know what it's called, but uh, you can tell it's up there on my, my priority list. But it's, it's this whole thing, and, and I understand the whole process. I understand the whole realm of it. But churches have become a place of chasing stuff. I'm not talking about here. I'm just talking about as a whole. Chasing the next great trend that will produce more people. That will put more rear ends in the seats. Why? So you can reach more people and do more things, right? And we're chasing all these stuff, and all of a sudden the church gets caught up in what? And they forget about who? And when you tell them, I ain't doing anything but preaching the word of God and he's moving and lives are being changed, they don't get it. No, 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 no. What, what, kind, of, what kind of promotion are you doing? Oh, I'm promoting the word of God. I'm preaching the word of God. I'm preaching the Bible. I, I'm, I, we don't have billboards. I don't pay to boost posts on Facebook. I, we just don't, we don't send out mass mailers. Because it just costs too much money. I ain't never read a mailer in the, in the mail anyway. I mean, I don't know if you do, but to me, it's just a waste of money. If I'm going to sow $1,000 in something, I'm just going to send $1,000 down to, to Brother Swaggart and let them buy some Bibles with them and send the Word of God out. How about that? 
But we get caught up in the what, and Hebrews 13 and 8 tells us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we have to ask ourselves, do I really believe this? As a believer, do you really believe Hebrews 13 and 8, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever? And if you really believe that, then you understand that His Word is the same, because John 1 and 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So if He didn't change, His Word hasn't changed, nor has His ways changed, but yet we don't truly understand who He is. Why? Because I preached it this morning. We're coming to Him with leftovers. And we get caught up in what I can do to make something up. I can never repay the Lord for what He's done. And in fact, I don't have to because He didn't require it. All He requires me to do is be a recipient of the benefits that He desires to pour in my life. But in order for me to be a recipient, I have to get out from under the what fountain and, and sit under the who fountain, if that makes sense. So do we, if we believe that, then the following verse of Hebrews 13, verse 9 says, Be not carried about with divers and strange doctrines, for it is a good thing. What kind of thing? It's a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats which have not profited them who have been occupied therein the heart can only be rightly established in grace not in our good things not in our good deeds not in our good talents and abilities but only established in grace when your faith is resting in the finished work of Christ because that allows grace to freely flow and you you go from being frustrated to free you go from working for the Lord, now you're working in the Lord. If I, if I, if, if, do I make sense? Summer and I worked ourselves to nearly death. I set the trailer up out there so you guys could see it when you come in. If you didn't see it when you come in, you can see it when you go out. We pulled this thing all over the place. We, we mailed out stuff. We took up coats and... You name it, we did it. We sorted through dirty underwear and, and holy socks and all kinds of stuff people donated to give to people. We did all the good things. But I was working for the Lord and not working in the Lord. Why? Because I was caught up in what I did. Because if I didn't get it done, there wasn't nobody going to get it done. And until Summer and I came to the realization that we are on a treadmill... And we're about to die. But praise God for the day that we realize it's about who and not what. Oh, we, we both love the Lord. And if he would have come back, I, I feel certain that I would have went to heaven. But I'm no longer exhausted. Now I understand that spiritual burnout is a lie. Uh, religious folks don't want to hear this. You can't be spiritually burnt out. Why? Because he's a fountain that never runs dry. And if I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to live in me and dwell in me, then I'm not going to get, I'll get physically burnt out. But spiritually, if I'm being led by the Spirit, I will never get burnt out. Why? Because he never stops. 
we physically get tired because sometimes we physically doing things that we weren't told to do. Just saying. Because I really don't think that the Lord could care if we gave out a lollipop to every kid or not. But I do know that he cared if we give him a lollipop and, I don't, why am I saying lollipop? I ain't never said lollipop. Sucker. What is a lollipop? That's the big one, right? I always call it a lollipop like the big thing like you got from the fair, like it takes you seven weeks to eat. Y'all don't care. But anyway, if you give them that and Jesus, then it's good. So we, it's a good thing that the heart be established with grace. So when you go on, you, you read in Romans 14, verse 17, it says, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's not what you're doing. It's not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. I'm like throwing stuff. I don't, man, I don't know what it is about Sunday nights. Dave, you better watch out. Right-handed, it's coming your way. But we get caught up in the things, the meat and drink, and the things that we, the do's, the don'ts, the rights, the wrongs, the check boxes here and there. But it's about righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Come on now. It ain't about what you do, but it's about what's already been done for you. Sure, you're going to do things. Sure, you're going to work. And in fact, if you come to the realization it's about who, you'll work even more. You will. I was standing here thinking, because of, of and I'm not, they, they, they never ask for an ounce of recognition. But because of, of, of Vanessa and Daryl's selflessness, selflessness, hear me clearly, over a million people have heard the message of the cross. Over a million. Through whom? Through mylakesidechurch.com. They didn't, they didn't sit at the house and go through all the messages and cut out all my stupidities and, and, and all those things to shrink the thing down to where it could be fed right. Because they just, I ain't got nothing else to do. I mean, they had stuff to do, but they knew that somebody needed to come to the realization it's not about what, it's about who. And because of their life was changed, they wanted to see somebody else's life changed. When you've come to that realization, you've got to get it across to somebody. You don't have to work yourself to death no more. You can actually walk in freedom and live in victory and not just talk about it. Many find themselves in the very place that Paul did, doing all the right things, but yet still doing the things that you don't want to do. Why? Because we get easily caught up in religion. We do. We can get caught up in it. We don't even realize or, or mean to. Religion is a head full of knowledge. We say it all, or I say it all the time. It's a head full of knowledge, but an empty heart. You ever seen somebody walk into a house of worship and you ask them how they're doing, and they're like, I'm doing good. And you know they're lying? Because that's just the right thing to say. I used to be terrible and <laughs> I would tell people bad things just to see how they would react, and they didn't know what to say. That wasn't, that wasn't good. It's, not, it's never good to lie to anybody. Don't do that. <laughs> I just wanted to see how they would act when you didn't tell them you were doing good, and I'm blessed and highly favored. When I told them, man, I was, God, I feel like, I feel like junk, and <laughs> I don't even want to be here. How about you? <laughs> what if you really answered them honestly? 
Honestly, I'm here because my wife told me I needed to come. And I don't want to be here. Well, good, you're in the right place. Because God will change your life. But Paul said, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwells no good thing. Oh, come on. Come on, Jason. I'm a good dude. Or a dudette. I'm a good man. I'm a good woman. I'm a good guy. I'm a good lady. Are you? That's all we've been told our whole lives. We're good. No? Inside us, in our flesh, dwells no good thing. Why? Because flesh dwells, or flesh desires sinful, or sinful desires. <coughs> It desires the, the, the flesh. The, it desires and lusts after the things that are evil. So we're not good within ourselves. But we're trying to be good. We're trying to, the church, trying to be cool, trying to be relevant, trying to do this, trying to do that. Here's what we need to understand. Outside of Christ, John 15 and 5, outside of Christ, I can, you can do nothing. I'm no scholar, and it's no, it's no secret to you guys that I don't have a Ph.D. or a, I don't know what all other degrees are. That just came to mind. <laughs> I don't have a, I better, barely have a GED. <laughs> but I, I'm smart enough to understand what nothing is. Without him, I ain't got a chance. I just got good, a good talent. I just have an ability. That was God-given. But I'm not using it for him. I'm using it for recognition. Because I'm caught up in what and not living for the who. So we, 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 we get caught up in these things, but we have to understand without him I can do nothing. The cross is, is, is salvation for the sinner, but it's also sanctification for the saint. We don't hear this word a lot, sanctification, sanctification, set apart. Why, how? To be changed. By whom? The Holy Spirit working in our lives. So in myself dwells no good thing. For the will, Paul speaking, is present with me. But how to perform that which is good I find not. I know what to do, but I just can't do it. It's like me trying to get in shape. I told someone this morning, I'm dropping 20 pounds. So I went and got the 20 pound dumbbell and I dropped it. <laughs> no, I Just kidding. I know what to do to drop 20 pounds. I can't be eating strawberry cakes and, and buckeyes. Peanut butter balls. We call them peanut butter balls here. Uh, apparently in Ohio, they're called Buckeyes. So whatever. I don't care what you call them. I just call them good. I can't be eating fudge. Reva. <laughs> she didn't make me eat it. She just offered it. <laughs> Sonny made me eat it. No, he didn't. <laughs> but I, you know, you know what to do, but are we doing it? We know that we need to... We, we, we should be in desire to study, not to study the Word, to say, hey, you know what? I read the Word of God today. I read three chapters in 35 minutes, and praise God for it. No, he didn't, he, you're not studying the Word to, to, to put it on Facebook. To, none of that. You're desiring a deeper walk. I said it this morning. You have as much of Him as you desire. Your relationship with the Lord is as deep as you desire it be. Well, you no, know, I want to go deeper, then you'll go deeper. I want to know him more, then you're going to know him more. And the more you know him, the more you're going to want to know him. Why? Because it's just how it works. So in myself dwells no good thing, for the will is present with me, but how to perform that I find not. 
For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. This is the struggle of so many believers' lives. Believers, hear me clear, believers. So if you're watching this or or you will watch this, you're saved by the blood of, of Jesus Christ, but you find yourself screwing up all the time. And you don't want to do it. And you just can't figure out why. Because you went to the Bible studies. You prayed for 10 minutes. You went to this or that thing. And you, you listened to this or that praise and worship song. You prayed harder. That's, what, that's the common thing. Well, pray harder, brother. How, how? Had somebody tell me that before. I'm like, am I, Lord, please forgive me. I mean, I didn't know what they meant. This is, I'm being honest. Pray harder? What? How does this work? It don't work. But I had to understand. It's not about me and what I do. I rest in the finished work of Christ. I receive all the benefits of Calvary. And in fact, I've asked for every single one of them, Lord, I want all the benefits of the cross. Everything changes about you. Because you're not worried about getting over a hurdle. All you want to do is be pleasing to the Lord. So we try this and we try that and we come up with program after program after program. We we try to win the world by being like the world. That's not in the gospel. In fact, it's the opposite of what God's word says in 2 Corinthians 6 and 17. It says, wherefore come out from among them, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith God. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Separation, again, is not isolation. You're not, we're not building a compound. We're, we ain't doing none of that. Because I don't want to, <laughs> to be honest with you, and that's just creepy. <laughs> I like y'all, but I don't want to be in a compound with you. I'm just going to say that. I mean, <laughs> it's just kind of crazy. But we're to be different. Hear me clear. The only way to be different is to be covered by the blood of Christ. And to remain that way, or, or, to, or to stay that way, or to remain different, is keeping your faith in the finished work of Christ. We, we say it all the time. You stay in the way you came in. Why is, this, why, is, why is this message such an offense? Because the cross is. The cross is an offense. Why? Because it strips you of your pride. It strips you of you. It brings you to the realization that you are wretched and undone. And without Christ, I can do nothing. It brings you to the place that we really belong. Undone. It strips us of pride. It shows us how ugly we and ourselves really are. We don't like that. But that's the truth. When an individual struggles, and many do, many will offer all kinds of advice again, pray more, come to church more, read your Bible more. And they're all needed. They're all wonderful. They're all good. They're all good things. We should do those things. But Jesus said to come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So instead of pointing to Jesus, we're just pointing them to a church or a prayer group or, or a Bible study. 
They're all needed, and you all should desire that. We do a Bible study. Matter of fact, we got one coming up in two days. I'll prepare tonight after service for the Bible study. Sundays are my long days. Sundays for me, it usually ends at about 2.30 on Monday morning. But that's just how I operate. Drive summer crazy, but my mind just works that way. But, but if Ashton came to me, bro, Brother Jason, he don't call me Brother Jason. He just calls me, that would be weird. Can you call me Brother Jason? Just do it. No, you don't have to. Jason, man, I just, I just got this issue and whatever it may be. I just, I need some direction. Ashton, man, you know what? If you get plugged into a good Bible study. This is the advice of a lot of, of, a lot of Christian folk. If you'll find yourself a good church, or you know what? Just Google, <laughs> Google how to be a better believer. I read some, don't, please don't Google that because that's all lies. It's all lies. Don't, can you, you can't edit that. This is live. In fact, one of them tells you to find a charity or serve at a soup kitchen. Oh, that's going to draw you closer to the Lord. No, that's going to draw you closer to homeless people and let you feed them. And it's good. But we're, again, it's about what we, these all point to what? And not who? Listen, I love all of these things. We involve ourselves in all of this. But we're not doing it. Because we, uh, uh, we think that's going to gain us something. <coughs> this is the problem with what's coming up in January. We all got New Year's resolutions. You're going to see them. They're going to be flooding your social media. And everybody's going to be giving up this for a day. They're going to say a year. They're going to give it up for a day. I love to see people that says, I'm going to give up Facebook Oh, I know I said I was going to give that up. I just got to come right on here and say something real quick. But then I'm really going to give it up this time. Quit lying. I just want to say, shut your fat mouth. You're lying. You don't want to give it up. You just want somebody to feel sorry for you. So what's coming up in January? People's going to be doing the Daniel fast and all this stuff. And they think, I'm going to get in good shape. But what is it going to do for you and your relationship to the Lord? Listen, if you want to fast, fast all day long. But nobody should know about it. It's between you and the Lord. But let me be clear with you. Fasting, that in itself, is not going to make you closer to the Lord. It's, again, I said it this morning, it's not what you're doing, it's why. Why are you doing it? My faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ and His finished work alone. Now if He leads me and He puts that desire in my heart to fast and pray, I'm going to fast and pray if he puts it there. But it's not that I have to make up in my mind January 1st through, through uh, January 31st, I'm going to have 31 days uh, free of Mountain Dew or chocolate chip cookies or, or a number one at Chick-fil-A with cheese or an Arnold Palmer tea and a lot of Polynesian sauce. <laughs> this, this is what we do. And all of a sudden we're caught up in the What? And we've forgotten about who? It's coming. You're going to see it. Everybody's going to be fasting something. And that fast is going to fastly go away. So it's why. What, what we're doing is not what, but it's who. So again, all these things, the, the Bible studies, the prayer, the, 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 all of these things are good. They're needed. But Christ said, come unto me, all you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We war within ourselves trying to overcome something. That something's sin. 
for nearly most of my life, most of my young childhood through, through early adulthood, I battled a particular issue. I tried to overcome it every way I knew how. I listened to advice, and none of it worked. None of it. I loved the Lord. I loved my family. I loved my wife. And I came to the realization that this is just going to be the thorn in my side for the rest of my life, and that was a lie straight from hell. Because it's something the Lord never desired to be there. But I was trying to overcome something that I could not. Because Jason's sacrifice and Jason's work and Jason's uh, giving and Jason's doing and, and, and all of Jason's stuff will never overcome what Jason was not designed to do. But when I came to the simple realization that his blood is enough, everything changed. Everything changed. So we try to do it. We can't. You can't, I can't within ourselves. And it took the blood of, the, of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, to break the penalty of sin. So we know that the, pay, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. So I wanted this gift to be real in my life. I wanted to be alive and not just say I am alive. I wanted to lay down and my, my mind not be at war. In fact, one of the very message, first messages I preached here while we were here was the war between, or battle between the canals. Talking about the war in your mind. Because that rages and we're trying to do something. We're trying to overcome something we are not designed to overcome. The enemy wants nothing more than to kill, steal, and destroy your faith. How? I'm, 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 7 o'clock, I'm moving Exodus 32, turn with me there quickly. Exodus 32, verses 1 through 5. Beginning of verse 1 says, And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of, out of the mount, when something don't happen when you think it should, you get irritated. He was taking too long. What's he doing up here, talking to God? Well, yeah! But when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron, and he said to him, Make us gods which shall go before us. For as this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we want not what is become of him. Basically, we don't want him anymore. He's taken too long. Now, he's supposed to go receive from God, and he ain't back yet. I got things to do. I got manna together. <laughs> They're in the desert. I mean, it ain't like you're going to ride a Fury 365 at Carowinds. I got stuff to do, Moses. Come on, man. You're killing me. We don't want him anymore. Aaron, here's what we want. Aaron said to them, and now Aaron's just as guilty. Break off the golden earrings which are in your ears of your wives and your sons, your daughters, and bring them unto me. And all the people broke off the golden earrings which were in their ears, and they brought them to Aaron. He received them at their hand, and he fashioned it with a graving tool. And he had made a molten calf, and they said, These be your gods, O Israel, which brought you up out of the land of Egypt. There was already a lion. And when Aaron saw, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. The Lord don't want nothing your hands make. He was trying to pretend and make a visible image of an invisible God. One of the greatest ploys or plays of Satan is not to abolish God but to make something that looks like him 
a good church, a good work, a good deed, a good talent, whatever it may be, but to represent him by something visible that's clearly not him. But you bought into it because you're tired of waiting. It's just something. So I just got to have something good. I'm tired. I've been running, and I'm tired. Oh, this looks good. I'm going to stop right here. And then the Lord, the Lord has told you to keep going. Hebrews 11 and 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for, but the evidence of things not seen. Moses delayed to come down, so Aaron made a golden calf for them to worship. The devil will make something look good. And it certainly ain't. It certainly is not. We long to see miracles and signs and wonders. And, and in fact, the Bible tells us in Mark 16, and you read that the signs and wonders and miracles will follow the believers or those who believe. The believer don't follow the signs, they follow the believers. God can and he does the miraculous, but we get caught up in the gifts and forget about the giver. Remember, we get caught up in the what? And forget about the giver. It's our faith in Christ and that finished work that gives latitude to the Holy Spirit to work for the miracle signs and wonders to happen. Well, man, where are you getting all that? Don't take my word for it. Read the Bible. Acts 17 and 11 says they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. Paul encouraged this. Why do we call out scripture all the time? We want you to read it. Don't take my word for it. Take God's word. I want you to read what we're telling you. That old wretched man that I am experience, it will happen to every single believer. If it has not, it will. And until it does happen, you'll remain frustrated. You'll remain aggravated in your walk with the Lord. You love the Lord. I'm not saying you don't love the Lord. But I'm saying until you come to that place, you're going to be frustrated. Brother, when did it happen to you? Oh, November 5th, 2007. I realize I'm wretched and I'm undone. My life has never been the same. Not one moment since then. Ever. Because I got away from the what, and I began to understand it's who. Hear me clear, I began to understand. I'm still understanding. He's that good. I no longer looked at what, but I said, who shall deliver me from this body of death? That's when I again began to truly experience victory in my life. When I finally realized that in me dwells no good thing, that no matter how talented I am, no matter how gifted I am, and even anointed, I'm not. I'm just telling you. I know that the Lord allowed the anointing to be on me when I would sing and do certain things, but I was frustrated because I frustrated His grace. It's beyond easy to get comfortable and caught up in church, and I desire nothing more than for Lakeside Church to be uncomfortable, for you to be uncomfortable. I, I don't say this jokingly, I say this seriously, but I say this because this is just how, how the Lord works. I mean, there's some folks that come to this church that have more money in their bank account than the church has in their bank account. And when I said this morning, we operate by faith, we operate by faith. Why? I don't know why, but that's just how the Lord has done it. And he's always, He always will. He's always able. It's maybe it's just to keep us uncomfortable. 
we have to come back to that simple faith in Christ and Him crucified. There are some great days behind us. Man, the Lord has done some marvelous and miraculous things. But the best days are in front of us. And please hear me clear. Don't get caught up in what? But look to who? Christ. You're going to do things. You're going to be used. We're going we're gonna to pull that trailer. And, or y'all, y'all going to pull that trailer. Y'all going to go all over the place in national and be like, Hey, what's in that truck? What kind of race car you got in that trailer? He's like, yeah, 87 Mustang. Now you or whatever, whatever race car gets you going, I don't know. But it ain't about what you're doing. It's about who you're doing it for. When you play and sing, it's not about what you're doing, it's about who you're doing it for. When you teach the kids and you're, you know this, you're, it's who you're doing it for. Don't get caught up in what. Hear me clear if you're, if you're listening. It's not about what you can do. It's about who has already done everything for you. Singers and musicians, if you could come. I want to take some time tonight. I know it may be later than normal, but that's okay. I want to ask you a question, and it's a real question that has a definitive answer. Maybe, maybe, maybe you find yourself struggling, if you're watching, maybe you find yourself struggling. This year's been crazy. I'm just struggling to find the joy that I once had, to just simply believe like I once did. Maybe you don't have that drive that you once had. Maybe, maybe you're not as desperate as you used to be about things or passionate about the Lord as you once were. Or, or maybe you're here or you're watching and you find yourself in a position where you're just sick and tired of being sick and tired because you have just and I'm going to speak from my personal experience this is where I was I have just screwed up so much what in the world is even the use but when I got over my selfish self and quit trying to win my own victory and just rest in the victory that was already won, my life changed. So I'm telling you tonight that if you find yourself in any place other than the center of His will, He's right here waiting. You've cried out. Thought nobody was listening. feel like your prayer is hitting a ceiling or a wall or whatever. Or the devil has lied to you so long you begin to believe the lie. He's not finished with you. It's not over. 
Romans 8 and 1, I want to tell somebody this, that there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. You need to live in freedom, walk in victory, because Christ is here and He came to set us free. Maybe you're watching or will watch this and you don't know this Jesus I'm talking about. You don't know this who I'm talking about. Today is the day for you to receive salvation. And Ephesians 2 and 8 says, For by grace are you saved through faith. Grace through faith. Faith is the key that connects and allows that grace to flow into your life. And it's as simple as coming to Him and admitting that I'm a, I'm a sinner and believing that He is Christ the Lord and confessing to Him that you need Him and accepting Him as your Savior. Brother, you don't know what I've done. It don't matter because the Bible tells me that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. There are no stipulations. I want to tell you tonight, if you find yourself, and I'm going to leave it right here, if you find yourself anywhere other than the center of God's will, if you're questioning that right now, I want to tell you, find a place to seek Him. Because there's no better place to be than in the middle of His will. Stand if you will. However you feel led to pray, if you're seat, you want to come, whichever way you have a prayer request send it in we'll gladly pray with you believe with you but i want to tell you i want to challenge you tonight don't get caught up in the what but rejoice in the who and let him move in your life tonight. go ahead
this year winds down, I said this morning that we have not suffered prosper. It's been a trying but a tremendous year because we understand that all God's faith and His promises. We're looking forward to what this coming year holds. I know at least uh, little Charlie will child. Wow, that's crazy. I'm so thankful just to be a part of a body that's hungry for the Lord. And uh, I just can't wait to see what's coming. Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, we'll Bible study. If you don't, uh, if you have time to tune in. Uh, yeah. Wednesday night's testimony night. Last service of the year. Get here. You feel like the Lord laid something on your heart. Remember, it's, it's testimony, not, not talk all night. So, uh, three minutes. We got a timer. We're cutting you off. Ashton's in charge of all that. So he's not. But um, we love you guys. The word tells us that they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony. So it's good to tell what the Lord has done in your life. Not spill the beans and tell all the bad stuff about yourself. Just about the goodness of God. It's about Him. So we love you guys. We'll see you Wednesday night or Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock. Bible study in Galatians. But I will. We'll see you soon. If you haven't seen the trailer, you want to see it, it's out there. Be blessed.